Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Football Savant Podcast. Travis Tyler here to talk latest football news, and today we're talking about college football with Jordan Patterson, college football expert and the host of the Joe Pat on the Bets podcast. Jordan, glad to have you, man. I'm glad to be here. So before we get into the on-the-field stuff, I kind of want to start with uh, some of the stuff we've seen off the field recently. We've seen... I think five coaches fired within the last five weeks or so, including um, Colorado's Carl Durrell on Sunday, as well as uh, Wisconsin's Paul Christ. Now, Durrell, to me, wasn't much of a surprise. I think he was kind of a panic hire when they hired him, and he's you know been eight and fifteen over three or two plus seasons, um, and over five on this year. But Chris, for me, was a little bit more of a surprise just because of his Wisconsin alum, and he's kind of had all that success there over the past seven and a half, eight years with three Big Ten championship appearances. I know they haven't won any while he was there, but um, and then he went to a Rose Bowl and went 67 and 26 overall, which, you know, is, is great for a lot of programs over uh, throughout the country, uh, but it didn't work out at Wisconsin. So what are your thoughts on those two particular hirings, in particular, but also just the overall rate that we've seen the coaches losing their jobs during the season. Uh, well, as far as Darrell at Colorado, it's Colorado. I mean, they got, yeah. they got coaching to worry about there. But for Paul <laughs> Christ of Wisconsin, he, I mean, kind of reminds me a little bit of what uh, the University of Georgia did with uh, oh, Mark Rick, okay. where he yeah. had a string of non-win seasons in a row, but just couldn't yep. win the big one. And you can't win the big ones. You're gonna, event. I mean, they're gonna be happy with nine and three for so many years. But after so long, you're gonna have to win the big one, or you're gonna be on the hot seat. And I didn't know that he exactly would have been on the hot seat, but after getting drummed this past weekend, it didn't look good. Yeah, yeah, that was not a great performance against Illinois, especially if you lose by twenty-four to Illinois. Somebody's gonna, not necessarily gonna be the head coach every time, but you're you're gonna get somebody losing their job. Somebody. And as far as other coaches, I'm really surprised we didn't hear about uh, a firing down in Auburn this week. Yeah. I was really expecting Harson to go after, especially blowing a 17-point lead. But I don't know. Yeah. 
I thought he would have been gone by now, to be honest. Yeah, they've, they've shown some patience there with him, but I, I don't think he lasts beyond, you know, much longer this season or even beyond this season at all. No. You know, Jim Leonard's been named the interim head coach at Wisconsin, um, and a lot of people think that he's like a head coaching star in the making. Do you think that's really his job to lose and that they kind of made the move to go to him in that direction? Yeah, it, but really with this season already playing out the way it has, there's not much he can do to win the job other than right. not look any worse than they have already looked. I think uh, it's going to be a bidding war for Kansas's Lance Leopold before it's all said and done between some of the teams that have already started. Yeah, I would, I would think Leopold and when Carolina fires Matt Rule, those would be the two big names to watch during the offseason. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you, you mentioned Harson. Do you see anybody else that's on the hot seat for you right now the rest of the year? Uh, that's a good question. Not off the top of my head, but I'm sure as we go on, somebody will come to mind. Yeah, somebody's going to pop up. Sure, sure, sure. So let's get, let's get into the stuff that we actually saw on the field, and I'm going to keep it with, you know, with around Colorado in the Pac-12 to start off with. You know, I saw some stuff out there that intrigued me, um, you know, Utah with the way they were so dominant over Oregon State, which, which you know some people had as a sleeper pick up until like two weeks ago in the in the Pac-12. Um, did that you know they've lost Utah lost their first game at Florida and people kind of wrote them off. Have their past couple games kind of put them back in the driver's seat for the Pac-12 title? Well, I still think USC's in the driver's seat there. Their offense is insane. Yeah, <laughs> defense. I mean. Your defense isn't that great, but they're plus 14 on turnovers. That's hard to deny. But Utah's loss on the road to Florida to start the season looks bad because of how Florida's played right now. But going into the Swamp, first game of the year, that's hard to that's hard to win no matter who you are. Yeah. I mean, look at Bama last year. They went into the Swamp and got a game out of Florida, and Florida was terrible. Yeah, and then you also have Utah coming from that West Coast a little bit of, you know, the, the time, yeah, time factor, time zone factor, yeah. And they're not used to that kind of humidity out there. That's dry heat out west. It's it's real yeah. hot down in Gainesville, Florida, in September. Yeah. Uh, I think USC, Utah, Oregon's trying to sneak their way in there as a leader because they still don't have a Pac-12 loss. Right. So. But yeah, I think Utah probably. Should be the favorite, but as far as odds makers go, USC is okay. the favorite. And that, the, you bring up Oregon. That was going to be my next question. Have they worked their way back into it just strictly with the conference record? Well, with their conference record, yeah, they're still in this, but they still got to play both USC and Utah. So, Yeah, yeah. And I think USC and Utah play each other next week, I believe. Yeah, they do. So things are going to shake out. Um, and the, the last team in there, UCLA, do you think it's time to – that we consider them more of a serious contender, or are we kind of still in a wait-and-see approach with them? I'm still mostly in a wait-and-see. They have an electric quarterback. I love Zach Sharp yeah. at running back, Michigan transfer. But Yeah, he's a good one. Yeah, they – And looking at it, I looked at their schedule, and really, we really should be thinking about them as a contender because they only have – let's see, who did I put – They got USC at home, and they have Oregon on the road. That's okay. Yeah, they don't play. Uh, they play Utah this week. 
and then after that they got USC and Oregon. So they can win those three games. They're in the driver's seat. Yeah, yeah. Those are, those are going to be some tough games to win. But, it, I mean, so far they've shown they're not afraid to at least challenge those guys. Yeah, it helps to get two out of three on those at home too. Yes, yes. Uh, always helps to have your big games at home. So, um, how about you know we go back to the we we'll jump back to the Big Ten. You saw, you know, Kinnick Stadium for Iowa always a tough place to play, but you kind of saw in that game that Michigan had offense. Iowa as good as their defense was for the most point couldn't put points on the board until the fourth quarter, and that's kind of been an issue for them all year. Um, do you think that's coming down to a lack of adjusting their scheme or just a lack of execution in having their players? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both, but it more so has to do with the scheme because there's coaches out there that have the same talent level at Iowa and are putting up 40 points a game. Right. So it's you got to use your talent the way that they're meant to be used. But at the same time, Iowa wasn't scoring a lot of points last year, and they were yeah. a top-five football team just strictly because their defense was scoring points. But I don't. I was always going to be a good, not great football team in the Big Ten. Yeah, push any of the yeah. dogs any given week, depending on how well their defense plays and if they can find some offense. But right. yeah, I think it is more to do with scheme than their players. Yeah, and do you think like if they had had any better offense, it would have made any difference in that game? Not really. I think Michigan could have just ran the ball down their throat all game. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. That even if even if they kept up a little bit, Michigan was going to get the lead eventually and just run the clock out. Yeah. Um, I mean, Michigan scored on three of their first four possessions. So. Yeah, yeah. So in the SEC, you know, we saw Kentucky move their way all the way up to what were they number seven last week. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, they they kind of started slowly in their first few games and kind of able to hide those mistakes as the, the games went on. But Ole Miss kind of took took those mistakes and threw them back in their face. Do you think that said more that, that Ole Miss's upset said a little bit more about what Ole Miss can be as a team or how much of a red flag Kentucky's mistakes can be uh, when they're not perfectly on? Well, I think Kentucky did enough to win this game. Okay. You got two drives in less than four minutes in the red zone and you fumble both of them. Yeah, well, you gotta well mistakes you I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. you got to think you can score on one of those. But I think it's the best team old, or that Kentucky's played this year. Okay. Ole Miss is definitely better than Florida. Uh, Ole Miss's defense is really good this year. I mean, it's better than it's been since Lane Kiffin got there. It's not as good as Landshark defense from 2015. But right. <laughs> with, I think Kentucky needs to get better at running the football. Mm-hmm. That's kind of their identity for the most part. Back. Yeah, if yeah. with Chris Rodriguez coming back, you'd like to see them run the ball better than they did this past weekend. But again, it's a road game, and Ole Miss is not an easy place to play, right? Especially when Vaught is packed like it was this past weekend. And I mean, Kentucky showed a lot of resiliency. They came, they come out the gate and got down big early, and come back and made it a game and kept it close and had two chances to win this game. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. So, how about the the, the Alabama Arkansas game? What, what did Alabama do so right to just you know completely wipe Arkansas off the field, even without Bryce Young for a lot of the game? Jameer Gibbs, yeah, getting him from yeah. Georgia Tech. I mean, 
what did he have? Almost 10 yards of carry or something? It, it, it was insane. over 200, yeah. 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 Dude's insane. And Jace McClellan's no slouch either behind him. Yeah. I I think Alabama as a whole will be a better football team with Jalen Milrow in there this year. Really? He's more of okay. a run-the-ball game manager quarterback, whereas Bryce Young is going to sit back and throw the ball. And with the team they have this year, I think Jalen Milrow better fits their strength. Okay. Which is running the ball. So, yeah, okay. That... They, with the running backs and Jalen Milrow, they can run the ball down anybody's throat. Anybody. Yeah, okay. And that's that's kind of a change of pace off of the Alabama team we saw last year. It's a change of pace from the last five or six years. Yeah, like, yeah. Going back to Derrick Henry and some of yeah. those boys. Yeah, I, I was going with more of the, the comparison to the most recent uh, successful team out of there. So do you think Alabama should have jumped Georgia after this uh, to number one after these performances this weekend and so far this year? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, Alabama went on the road at Texas, won a knife fight. and I mean, Georgia won. There's something to be said there, but they led for two minutes in that game. Right. So, right. it was it was a tough one to watch. Yeah, yeah. They they their offense did Georgia's offense didn't show up for quite a while in that game. That wasn't something you're used to seeing so far this year. The way they started. No, but they still put up 485 yards. Yeah, offense, which just, doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> but you just got to convert. Yeah. yeah. Can't, can't leave points on the board. Let's jump over to that Oklahoma and TCU game. I don't think many people thought that, you know, TCU or, or that Oklahoma, excuse me, would come out with a second consecutive bad performance because um, that's not something that they usually come out with, especially in conference play. So what did you make of how Oklahoma came out in that game? Should Sooner fans be worried going forward? Well, that depends on if you're asking the Sooner fans should be worried for this year or for long-term with Venables. I would say this year. Let's just go this, this year. This year, yeah, you should worry. I mean, anybody can beat them in the Big 12. I mean, anybody can beat anybody in the Big 12 this year. There is no superpower. There is nobody that's going to run away with it. I mean, can't mm-hmm. win the Big 12. I mean, <laughs> that's all you got to say right there. But, yeah, it is a little disheartening to see – Brent Venable's defense get just absolutely sliced like it did. Yeah, 55 points. Yeah, 480 <laughs> yards in the first half. I mean, that's just – that's not going to do it. Yeah. It's not going to cut it. Uh, if Gabriel is out an extended period of time, then they very much can lose every game on the schedule. Yeah. I haven't I haven't seen a prognosis on him or anything. But... Either. but then again, I didn't hear anything about Mo Ibrahim until halftime of the Minnesota game. So. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they kept that one a little hidden, though. Yeah, so. a lot of hidden. They left on yeah. all kinds of sports betting marketplaces for his yards and stuff. But well. <laughs> yeah, that's not not a good not a good look for most people in that. Um, but as long so, as, uh, as long as Oklahoma yeah, right, doesn't right. take a hit in recruiting after this year, then there's not really much to worry about. Right. As long as they recruit and Venables gets the players he wants in there, then. He still has a shot to uh, turn this thing around. Yeah. But if they start taking the hit recruiting, then then it's time to worry long term. Yeah, yeah. I was, you know, that question was more thinking along the the, the short term and the rest of the year and 
the, the schedule that they have yet to play and the, the injuries that they've kind of, you know, that have popped up recently and all that. Um, so you mentioned Minnesota before, so let's jump back over to the Big Ten for a second. Illinois, after that, you know, big win over Wisconsin is, what, 4-1 and one now? Are they actually a good team or are they, be, they beat up on some cupcakes? Uh. They're, they have the potential to be good, but I'm not ready to go there yet. Yeah, there's still two teams in that division that I think are better than them, Penn State and Minnesota. Okay, but we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, beating up on a bad Wisconsin team doesn't really tell me a whole lot. Right, right. Well, I'd like to see them. I mean, they're they're just as good as anybody else in college football right now. Yeah, from four to fifty four is probably a seven point game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, yeah, you kind of got the, the the top three teams at the top has definitely separated themselves from everybody else. It's just making making it. It's going to make for some ugly games down the stretch, I think. Oh yeah. Let's move back to the Big Twelve. Um, Oklahoma State had a pretty good game this week against Baylor. What have you? made of their performance this year and the improvements that Spencer Sanders has made as a quarterback. Uh, Sanders has looked really good. Uh, the problem I have with Oklahoma State is every Power 5 team, they've yet to score more than 37 points. Okay, yeah. So he's putting up all these crazy numbers, but when they're playing good football teams, 40 will beat you. Yeah. Uh, Especially Big 12, got to keep scoring. <laughs> Yeah, the good news is you're in the Big 12. Anybody can score on anybody, so there's not really anybody in the Big 12. They already got past Baylor, and that's probably the best defense in the Big 12. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they'll be, I think they'll be all right. And that, like I said, the Big 12 is wide open. Yeah. I mean, Texas can win it. Oklahoma State can win it. <clears throat> right now, even Kansas and Kansas State could win it. Baylor could still win it. Texas Tech could still <laughs> win it. It's, it's wide. Anybody else? No. <laughs> um. <laughs> so would you, would it be fair to say that you you don't think there's quite a favorite that's emerged there yet? Uh no. Ba- uh, Baylor would have been my favorite until they lost to Oklahoma okay. State this past weekend. Gotcha. Um, what about the ACC? You know, people have talked about Clemson, um, NC State. Um, I guess Miami's been mentioned in there. Pitt was mentioned in there before. Probably won't be mentioned there anymore after that loss to Georgia Tech. But, and then, again. you know, Florida State, Wake Forest. Have we been forgetting about North Carolina this year? Well, yes and no. Okay. Uh, for good reason. Their defense is atrocious. I mean, Yeah, that's a fair point. There's some high school teams that can score touchdowns on North Carolina. But, I mean, North Carolina, Miami, Duke, that that's crazy to say. But <laughs> those are the three teams out of the Coastal that have a shot. Because, yeah. I mean, on the – on the Atlantic side, it's bunched up. I mean, you got Florida State, yeah. Wake Forest, Clemson, NC State. All the heavy hitters in the ACC right now are on the same side. It's it's like every year in the Big Ten, basically Big Ten East. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Um. All right. Let's uh. Let's get into some games coming up for this week. Then now, um. You know, we were well. Let's start here. We have. Uh, you, we've talked about. TCU and Kansas with some surprise performances so far this year. They play each other this weekend. Who are you buying more into right now in going into that game? Well, 
I'm buying more into Kansas. I love Jalen Daniels. Okay. But as far as this game goes, I think TCU probably gets this game. Gets this game. Uh, Max Dugan's playing out of his mind right now. And that's not just the Oklahoma game. That's all season since they put him in in the first game. Uh, I don't think Kansas has the weapons on the perimeter yeah. that TCU yeah. does. I think that's going to hurt them. Yeah. Um, and Dugan's just as good on the ground. Well, maybe not just as good on the ground as Jalen Daniels, but he's capable on the ground. Yeah, he's. I would say he's not quite the the speed threat in the running game, but he's capable of running the football. Yeah. And, and I would say he's probably – I haven't seen a lot of Daniels this year, but to me he's a slightly better passer just because Daniels seems a little more reliant on his legs. Oh, yeah. He's definitely a better passer than Jalen Daniels. Um, but not to say Jalen hasn't played well this year. He yeah. hasn't played high level well, but he's played well. He's been the best player from what I've seen. So it's Oh, yeah. I mean, he's their leading rusher at quarterback. Yeah, yeah. So. that's – not always something you want to see, but it's Kansas. You'll take anything, especially with the start that they've had. Yeah, that's just somebody willing them to victory. If you ask yeah. a Kansas fan. Yeah, exactly. Um, so also in the Big Twelve, you know, you have the Red River rivalry this weekend with Oklahoma and Texas. It's actually the only matchup in that conference this week that d- doesn't have a ranked team in it. So, um. I guess you t- you kind of already answered the other question that the original question I was going to ask. So I'll just ask you this: What are your expectations for that game, and what does a win do for the winner? It's hard to put expectations on this game, even with Dylan Gabriel being probably out yeah. for this game and Oklahoma looking suspect the last two weeks. Texas has struggled to show up in big football games outside of Alabama with Stark there. They have struggled to show up in big football yeah. games. I, I got to think that Texas can kill Oklahoma because if Quinn Ewers is coming back, him and Xavier Worthy should be able to do exactly what Max Dugan did to Oklahoma last week. Yeah, and then uh, on, on Oklahoma's side, without without Gabriel, I don't have faith in any of those quarterbacks coming in and playing well enough to get that win. Not Now, if Hudson Card plays, Hudson Card's still a good quarterback, but he's not – He's not going to take the game over like Quinn Ewers can. Right. He's just going to game manage and not lose the game. Mm-hmm. Whereas but, you have Oklahoma, those quarterbacks under, you know, seem to fold under pressure last week quite easily. So I wouldn't. Yeah. Texas has shown that they can put some pressure uh, against Alabama. <laughs> they right. Yeah, that that was one of the more impressive defensive. Uh, defensive performances of the year so far. Mentioning Alabama, let's jump over to the SEC. You got number eight Tennessee and number twenty-five LSU this week. Um, you know, obviously Tennessee would still have to beat Bama and Georgia, and you just don't you don't really see that happening. I, I would say, but um, does a win at LSU give them more legitimacy to their? claim and the, the kind of resurgence that we've seen this year. I think they're legit regardless, but I do think that they yeah. they shouldn't have a problem with LSU. They've played better teams than LSU already this year. LSU's not a good mm-hmm. football team. I don't I think they're overrated at twenty five. I mean you beat an Auburn team by Yeah, four. I was shocked to see that. You beat an Auburn <laughs> team by four after uh getting down seventeen to nothing to start the game. You're not you're not a twenty five 
football team. But I think it's huge that Tennessee gets this game at noon. I would have been convinced of a short line. Okay, like I didn't see what time. Yeah, I would have been convinced of the short line like it is if it was an 8 o'clock kickoff. With it being at noon, it's LSU still a hard place to play, but it's way easier to play there at 12 o'clock as opposed to 8 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. The night games in, in, in at LSU are just a nightmare for opposing teams. It's like, yeah, it's one of, one of the hardest places to play in the entire country. Yeah, that's the truth. Now, I did say earlier that we might be, you know, be talking more about UCLA as you know the show goes on. So, what do they need to do with Utah coming to town this weekend to kind of pull off that home upset against well, Utah? Um, Dorian Thompson Robinson's got to play a repeat performance of last week against Washington, and Charbonnet probably needs to be over four yards of carry. Yeah. They gotta have they gotta be balanced and have success on the ground. Utah is a good defense. It's the best defense UCLA is gonna play yep, this year. Yep. Probably, probably the best defense. In the I was just about to say that. Yep. Second best behind, behind Oregon State. Uh, I don't know. I you should, UCLA should be able to uh, make this game interesting, yeah. but ultimately, I think Utah. Gets it done. Yeah, U- Utah seems like they've they've been on more of a mission since that early loss, and that's what would give me a little pause on UCLA yeah. there. But, yeah, Utah has looked really good since they lost yeah, Florida. Yeah, and they, they, you know, sometimes it takes a little while to find their footing, but at the same time, I don't think you can quite overlook UCLA, especially at home, even though. There, there, there was that one game where they showed the picture of the Rose Bowl earlier this year, and there were barely any fans in the stands. I don't think that's going to be the case in this one. Yeah, and UCLA still got two struggle bus wins against group of five teams. So Yeah, that's true. A one-point win versus South Alabama. Yeah, that's not impressive. <laughs> no, but the win last week against Washington is real impressive. Yeah, yeah, that was – yeah, I, I was very surprised when I turned that one on and they were up by so much. It was... Yeah, it, well – Washington just kept turning that football. Yeah, over. that's it was that's what we were waiting for Penix to do, even though he was, you know, so good this yeah. season. He's been playing. Yeah, incredibly. yeah, he's still playing great. But yeah. I remember him being at Indiana and thinking he wasn't that great. And now he's suddenly outside of that game playing phenomenal. He only <laughs> you have one huge game at Indiana, and it's a seven point yeah, loss. Yeah, yeah. Ohio State. Okay. Um. So you know, speaking of the Big Ten. This is a painful question for me to ask, but I I think we're going to be on the same page with the answer pretty much. Ohio State favored by 25.5 at Michigan State this week. Michigan State absolutely awful secondary, probably even worse than last year. And Ohio State's passing offense is a lot better, you know, especially Stroud's a lot better than he was last year. You think there's a chance they put up 70 on the road this week? They put up 56 last year. Yeah. Chance. There's a chance they put up 70 any week. Yeah. But the offense Ohio State has, there's a chance they put up 70 any week. But I don't know. I like Mel Tucker. I love Mel Tucker. But I think they yeah. were a year too early giving him a big fat contract. Yeah, well, that was that was just to keep him from going anywhere else. I didn't. I, I never thought he really was yeah. going to go anywhere else anyway. But I didn't either. But yeah. We, we were, maybe there was some talk behind closed doors we don't know about. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we like what he's doing. It's just this year's team is – from every game, it just doesn't have it on the field. 
especially after after the last three. It was a rough time. Um, so when you live and die by the transfer portal, yeah, you, you get what you get. Yeah, and the the thing is, like his his top recruiting classes haven't even hit the field yet, which is what yeah. what needs to happen for you actually be able to tell how the culture coach is going to be able to instill all those cultures and values and everything. Yeah. Uh, let's jump to the BYU Notre Dame game this weekend. Uh, BYU was ranked 16, one loss on the season. Uh, Notre Dame favored at home, another place that's very difficult to play for a road team. Uh, do you see BYU being able to go in there and can you see uh, Notre Dame's offense keeping pace in there? That one. Uh, I see. I can see BYU winning this game, and I don't really think it's that hard to find. Uh, BYU's a physical football team. Yep. They've got some good receivers. Their quarterback is not going to lose the game for them. Uh, Notre, Notre Dame's been getting better quarterback play since they switched to Drew Pine. Yeah. They're still. They're still not there on offense. Yeah, yeah. You can get you can get swayed to believe that from the game they beat North Carolina, but as we said earlier, and they can score an offense. Yeah. Carolina, so. Exactly. Yeah, I think their offense has left a lot to be desired this year. And yeah. uh, you know, you said you know Jaron Hall's not going to lose BYU the game. I think he's a stud. I I absolutely love watching yeah. him play quarterback. He's he could make this just turn into a blowout on the road. If I'm being honest. If it gets into a shootout territory, then Notre Dame's in big trouble. Yeah, because Notre Dame, Notre Dame doesn't necessarily have an identity on offense. Uh, in years past, they've had some big BVO linemen, and if it gets troublesome, they can just pound the rock, throw the ball to tight ends. But they don't have that this year. Yeah, yeah, they've like it's, it's a struggle bus in South Bend. Yeah, yeah, it's not not the start they were looking for from Marcus Freeman. No. All right, and kind of getting to the end here. How about, you know, do you have an upset pick for this weekend? Uh, Yeah, I got a couple. All right, go uh, ahead. Purdue could beat Maryland okay. very easily. I, I love Aiden O'Connell and Charlie Jones. It's a good I think duo. that's the best duo in college football right okay. now. Okay. Uh, see, Virginia Tech, if Georgia Tech can beat Pitt, Virginia Tech can yeah, beat Pitt. Yeah, yeah. If Georgia Tech can beat anybody, then whoever else can <laughs> comes after win. Yeah, you got that right. Uh, North Carolina could beat Miami if Tyler Van Dyke doesn't have a good. Yeah, I was. I was. Miami can't score. I was very surprised that Miami was favored in that one just because of the offense that North Carolina says. But then you mentioned the defense, and it kind of made a lot more sense after that. Yeah, Miami has a really good defense. I mean, there's. You take out a drop punt against Texas A&M, they hold Texas A&M to 10 points. Yeah. Uh, I think if this game happened two weeks ago, this line is dead on the okay. money. But with it being after everything we've seen from Miami these last two weeks, it makes you question it. But what happened the last two weeks doesn't change what kind of football teams these two teams are. And as long as Tyler Van Dyke is on, the quarterbacks, the quarterback room is equal in that game. Yeah. I love Drake May. He's a, he's a fantastic. Duck. Yeah, Tyler Van Dyke can hang with any of them when he's playing well. Uh, Florida State over NC State. I think that's probably the most likely. To okay, happen. I can see that one. Florida State coming off of a loss, Wake Forest a disappointing loss at home. 
I could see them coming out and really putting it to NC State. And then the last one, uh, Fresno State over Boise State. Okay. Fresno's one and three with two losses to top twenty-five football teams. Their offense can put up some points. Yeah, they and, they played some Pac-12 team pretty close earlier this year. I can't remember who it was. They played uh, Oregon State. Oregon State, close. yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. I think they and I mean they didn't they didn't exactly play USC very close, but they Four still points, put up yeah. points and yeah. Their defense isn't very good, but they can score. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's that's a typical Fresno State team from from recent years. Yeah. Score a lot of points, a good offense, and then just hold on tight for defense. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jordan. That's uh, lastly, just tell my audience where they can find you and the the rest of your work, man. Oh yeah. Uh, anywhere you get podcasts, Joe Pat on the bets. We don't currently have a YouTube channel because we don't do a lot of video work. We just do pretty much audio. Uh, Twitter, Joe Pat on the Bets. Instagram, JPB Podcast. Uh, we even have a Patreon page, Joe Pat on the Bets. Uh, other than that, yeah, that's pretty much it. Also, uh, yeah, I think Tennessee beats Alabama next week, just in case you were wondering. Uh, uh, okay, getting get another one in there. And I'm not a Tennessee fan, but I do think Tennessee beats Alabama next week. That's interesting. I had... I was having a hard time pick, picking that one, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait wait for the next week. But uh, I mean, everybody was you know, watching this on video. I will post uh, – I'll have Jordan send me all that stuff, and I'll make sure it gets posted you know, below and after the video so you can find – make sure you actually know where to find him after all that. Um, yeah, Austin, you heard it from him first. You know, great upset pick here at the end. Jordan, thanks for joining me. Um, and like I said, be sure to uh, be sure to follow his stuff. He's got some great, pretty great insight here. Thanks for having me on. We'll talk to you next time. That's going to do it for this episode of the Football Savant Podcast. Thanks to Jordan Patterson for joining me as my guest again this week. Um, again, you know, I'll have his information posted underneath this video and you know in the show notes. And so be sure to follow him. And reminder: you can find this show on the Football Savant on Facebook. Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, uh, most other podcasting platforms, uh, Apple Podcasts, and at our website, thefootballsavant.com. I'll be back later this week with Bud Masters of the Sports or Gibberish podcast um, to talk the NFL from last weekend and this weekend. But until then, I'm Travis Tyler, and this has been the Football Savant Podcast. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.